You're listening to Carmina's Cantata, where we'll be exploring the relationship between music and spoken word through a series of interviews with poets who have worked with music in a variety of different ways. My name is Carmina Masolova, poet, wannabe riot girl pop star and music lover, currently learning the ukulele and music production as part of the Arts Council's Developing Your Creative Practice Grants. Caroline Teague is a London-born and bred poet based in Brighton who writes on grief, identity and how they came to terms with some harrowing realities of being human and being alive in a style they term tragic optimism, hoping that the honesty through their writing can translate into something positive and comforting for someone else. They are the creator of the musical project Caroline Smiling, which blends music, spoken word and illustration to creatively communicate ideas around mental health and queer identity. Caroline hosts London's only regular three-round slam, Genesis Poetry Slam, and is an artist-in-residence at the Vauxhall-based Queer Cabaret Night. I hear the door close, so I listen to sounds of upset brought to the kitchen. Watching put wedding rings down on the counter and fix me a good face to make dinner. There are whole entire planets swelling between us, out of control. Solar systems made up completely of all of the things that he doesn't know about who I am or what I've done or what I need. I wonder if when he looks at me he can see any of the boy that he'd been or if he cares for the person he was then or if really I can say that I care for that person that I see now in me. I'm not sure. I want to be clear, I'm trying to be kind. Trying to wipe that wild thing I wear from out behind my eyes. That feral look, that trapped in a corner, that panicked rabbit that you see to the side with a torchlight shone on it that I tend to get sometimes. I want to talk without all the air trying to leave my lungs at once. Trying to thread some understanding between the what is of us and the what was, but I'm stuck somewhere on some ghostly station outpost and gravity's got to be honestly the only thing that is holding me up. Shoot the moon, break the stars, brace yourself to fall apart. This is just who you are. Leave the earth beneath your feet. Try to catch some of those ears. You're doing every little thing that you Take a seat beside my older brother for a while In the same seat, in the same way that I did when I was a child We used to wait all plugged in and clockwork Time loops and housework For our rocket ship mother to get off another night shift that she had to cover I can see him spitting out Milky Ways Constellations when he speaks They spark a galaxy onto the carpet that sets the armchair I'm in a drift and all I can think is The space between us is full of lonely, uninhabitable planets Shoot the moon, break the stars, brace yourself to fall apart. This is just who you are. Leave the earth beneath your feet. Try to catch some of those years. You're doing every little 
attach a good grace oxygen mask that pumps small talk into my chest with a history of difficulty breathing here i'm worried about air we've got left and the kitchen singing my name reminding me loudly about where we are i look to the garden back at my father held there in smoke and stars then back at my own hands now soaked in lukewarm dirty dishwater and suddenly it looks like i'm wrist deep in another universe altogether and if i don't hold on to the sink there's a good chance that i'll lose my grip and who knows if i'll ever stop falling in between all of the matter that's left Shoot the moon, rain stars Raise yourself to fall apart This is just who you are Leave the earth beneath your feet Try to catch some of those years Do every little thing you for being with me talking about music and poetry and all these things thank you for having me um so how did you get into both spoken word poetry and music and what inspired you to work with these art forms oh good question um so i i loved music i started uh learning piano when i was like what eight um, eight or nine and I did some classical music training with piano and vocals I was at music school on Saturdays um, and in choirs and stuff so I like, always loved that I taught myself ukulele <laughs> which was <laughs> later on in life <laughs> but I taught myself that and then I was always writing poetry and stuff but I didn't actually get to the poetry scene until I was like what 23 yeah, so about 11 years ago um, and it was only then sort of between 26 and now I'm 32 of um, being like, oh, I can mix the things that I love together. Um, but I've always been doing them like separately. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have, I thought, hey, let's just combine some of those things so that I get to have the best of both worlds. Ah, oh, it's cheesy, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because that's definitely how I feel about it as well. I yeah. haven't haven't actually like pursued much music. I learnt the piano for like a year once, but right, right. didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but I do remember also like having this um there was like a magazine that did like a top of the pops mix factory C D oh, thing and doing all the kind <laughs> like yeah, adding in like different random vocals and instruments and stuff and oh, that's so good. Yeah, and it's like I really loved playing this little <laughs> music game and yeah, I'd never, yeah, like now I'm mm. like the same age as you and yeah, I never yeah. really thought about doing it until Until later, later on. Yeah. I, but, like we need time, I think as well, to to get comfortable in in like the separate things as well. Like I, I don't know about you, but mm. I, I took ages to feel comfortable with poetry and with like my own poetry and you know, the cliche thing of like you've got to develop your style and like don't it took me ages to not sound like I was trying to sound like an existing poet Mm. we all do that right like when we first get into poetry um and like people always saying it oh the K-Tempests of the world Mm. and the polar bears of the world and 
you you have to spend some time trying to sound like yourself and that took me ages Mm -hmm. that took me so long um i'm still not completely sure (laughs) that it's completely me but i'm working on it but also like giving yourself that time um to do it i think that's important too so you know it's it's nice that we're here at this point (laughs) that's good (laughs) i think it's a part of that kind of process as well is like you kind of do need to play with different voices and different yeah all different yeah yeah, forms of poetry and things to it's like yeah part part of the fun as well and absolutely yeah and yeah you brought up about um playing ukulele yeah and um yeah yeah, which yeah you can actually play it i've literally (laughs) only just starting Mm. to play it oh you say (laughs) no you say that i can actually play i I literally like i youtubed (laughs) i youtubed songs that I thought were cute when I first started doing it and then played around to the point where it's like uh, same with piano actually mm-hmm. where I was like I don't know if this is a chord I don't know the, the name for it but it sounds real nice so I'm just going to play those um, so it's, it's a lot of play mm-hmm. playing around and messing around and trying to have fun with it rather than trying to be um, <laughs> I'm not uh, <laughs> proficient like you couldn't sit me down and be like hey play E major 7 uh, chord and then go to like an A sharp diminished fifth. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to like. I understand the jargon, but I don't know how to get to it on the ukulele. Yeah. Um, so it's that, it's that like we don't have to be professional at the things. It's just it's just awesome to to play around. So if you're yeah. like you're picking up the ukulele now, just play around, right? Like just mm. see how pretty things can sound. Um, and the weirdness that you can bring out of it, I think that's awesome too. Mm. But yeah, I just, I just don't like. There's, there's a lot of like elitism in music, mm. in the music like world, especially like classically. Um, whereas I don't have any space for that in my life. Mm. So like, it's nice when people just want to like teach themselves something. Mm. If you want to pick up an instrument and and play, that's awesome. Mm. That should be all of like that that needs to be. It's just picking something up and trying, I think. Yeah, I think... But that seems to me like a really... I mean, I don't know if I have that, that ability, (laughs) you know, like, just that ear for it. Like, I think that's... It's just such a... I don't know, I think think that's really special because I am kind of more maybe methodical, like, you know want to know what the, the this chord is and all okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I think it's definitely, yeah, worth playing around. Playing and, around. And, uh, yeah, I was kind of curious because I think the initially my interest in ukulele was yeah. from Amanda Palmer. Oh, Because she <laughs> yeah. said about, like, how it's easy to play. Yeah. And I knew that, you know, she'd taught herself music mm-hmm. and... And so, yeah, definitely agree that, yeah, it's really important that I think from a young age as well to have that encouragement that yeah, every everyone can just have a go. Yeah, you know. I mean, okay, <laughs> when I was younger, I want when I was like seven, I was desperate to play the violin, and my mum was like, no, <laughs> no, no, because like a seven year old. <laughs> 
a seven-year-old playing violin, you know, the like squeaky, awful mm. noise that they make. Um, my mum's like, I'm not putting up with that. Yeah. I'm not having any of that in my life. <laughs> Piano sounds nice and it sounds nicer even if you're like not good at it. Yeah. So she was like, okay, I'll compromise with that. And then ukulele is because I tried, <laughs> I tried to pick up a guitar <laughs> as I was like, I want to learn a string instrument, you know, I play piano. Um, and it was so difficult. It was, mm. it, there's so many strings, there's so many frets, the the whole neck of the thing is like huge. So I couldn't, I couldn't even, I, I struggled, I, I forced myself to learn like four chords and it was horrendous. Mm. So then, uh, God, I think it was someone, it was, a, it was another musician that I knew that was just like, oh, why don't you start with the ukulele? Because it's only got four strings. And the neck is really small. So you can like hold it mm-hmm. small and you can get one for like now, you can get one for like 15 pounds mm-hmm. or something. Like a, just a shitty like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I can swear yeah, on <laughs> Just like a bad, like cheap ukulele. Um, you can get them really cheap. So I was like, okay. And that's what I did. I got a peanut, like basic ukulele. Um, and I did find it was easier to hold and... You know, one chord could be you're holding down one finger on one string, mm. <laughs> which my brain was like, finally, there's some instrument that I can <laughs> that I can work like seven chords out in one afternoon from YouTube. Mm. This is for me. <laughs> this yeah, is one. <laughs> I think the problem that I've seen when I'm learning as well is like, yeah, I want to just rush through it. Yes. And at oh the moment, God, yes, I'm trying to just focus on this one song and uh-huh. doing it over and over but I'm also like there's like three different chords in it and I'm like I can do the C chord but then the other mm, ones are like no. they sound dodgy every time <laughs> I do it and I just want to do the song like perfectly once yes, and then yes. be like okay <laughs> also with the ukuleles they're like notoriously slip out of tune like mm. you can just you can tune it perfectly put the thing down for 10 minutes and when you pick it up again it's out of tune yeah. it's just really <laughs> I've had gigs where I brought like the ukulele along and I've tuned it before the like my my set or whatever and then I go on to play it and it's and it's out of tune again I have to do that awkward thing of tuning on mm. stage whilst talking to the audience they you know I make a joke out of it and people are very nice about <laughs> it but it is frustrating in mm. that way uh, can I ask what was the song that you're it's the one song that you're learning um well it's just I'm using like Fen- uh, Fender Play oh cool and, yeah um, so it just yeah it takes you all different songs so I can't actually remember the name <laughs> of the song because it's not one that I really knew before okay um, yeah yeah, and also I did listen to the actual song and I was like, this sounds nothing this like, sounds what, like what, I'm what I'm doing. doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I chose uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. You know, mm. like that famous version of the Hawaiian guy. Yeah. He, he does it. And it was like, oh, that sounds so pretty. It's so nice. Uh, the actual chords were, were harder than I, yeah. <laughs> harder than I knew. So I, I think I went to for some Ingrid Michaelson stuff. Like she's like this very sweet pop folk mm. uh, person who who plays the ukulele, and there were some chords that were like only three chords to a song. So I was like, "Yeah, that's mm. me. <laughs> that's easy. I can do that." And then just played around until I got a little bit more confident. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm going to have some in person lessons as well. And, nice. And 
the person who's teaching me has like picked out I listed just like oh. some musicians I like yeah. and they're gonna like focus on that well, which I think would be a really fun way yes to do so, it yeah if it's if it's a song that you actually like and then you like want to sing along to and stuff yeah. that makes a difference because you're like oh, okay I, I genuinely like this music I want to play this so it'll make you a bit more enthusiastic about playing it, I yeah, think. I mean, exactly. always the problem with classical music. Like, for me on the piano, I was like, I don't really like this. Yeah. It's not good <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, that's, oh, that's really rude. <laughs> classical music. I'm, I'm like that like, as well. Oh. Like, for ages, I spent so long trying to, like, be like, no, I, I like all genres of music. Oh, yes. I want to do... And then one year, I was just like... I don't like I it. Don't like I'm gonna it. say it. I okay. don't like. Like, I like instrumental music, but just yeah, yeah. not classical generally. Generally, yeah, like yeah. I'm sure there there are some gems in there that are beautiful, but definitely what I was learning on the piano and like <laughs> classical. Oh God, classical vocals. When you're only really learning classical music as a as a singer, it's so dry. <laughs> <laughs> this is just not like where's the passion where's the other stuff from it so yeah that wasn't for me (laughs) so um yeah i wondered a bit about your journey in learning instruments and um yeah personally thinking particularly of the ukulele yeah um how could you kind of describe where sort of where you came from actually learning it to then um being able to perform in front of an audience oh okay um so okay well i was doing i was i was writing lyrics for songs and i i had this band when i was like 18 (laughs) and i was doing a couple of gigs around london where i was living um and that was nice and it was fine i like you know as a lot of teenagers do, had this idea in my head. It was like, I'm going to be a pop star. <laughs> I want to be famous on music. No, it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> but um, that was uh, me performing in front of people of lyrics that I wrote. And I was playing piano. So I had this like really bad <laughs> keyboard that I was lugging around <laughs> to gigs. A drummer and a bassist. Um, and then someone who played the cajon. I was... That was cute. It was nice. Um, but I, I developed, I guess, then I was I was comfortable to my own songs in front of people. Um, and that felt nice. And then um, there was a sort of crossover with me wanting to do poetry as just poetry. And at the same time, I was also with... Uh, the band and doing that stuff the band stuff sort of like petered out as people like moved away went to uni did their own things um and I was still doing poetry and then I was like okay how can I still do music but not have to rely on other people mm. then and then that was the idea of me being like oh I'll be a guitarist that didn't <laughs> that didn't pan out um so I was like okay I'll be a ukulele yes <laughs> ukulele yes I don't know <laughs> the ukulele um and do that and then whilst um messing around with trying to like write new songs on the ukulele um i i just started songwriting where i would add in uh verses in spoken word rather than singing them and then like sing the chorus mm-hmm. and i was like okay so this is this is quite cute let me just try and cross that together um yeah, and then uh, at the point when I was doing that as well, I started getting booked for features for poetry, mm. which was which was all very new for me at that point. That was all early days of my twenties, um, 
And then that was me just having a chance to play around and be like, hey, I've also brought my ukulele. I'm going to do a poem song for you now. Um, and I got very nice responses from that because it just sort of broke up um, the way that a night would normally run from the poetry that I'd seen and I'd been a part of. I've been going to a lot of nights. And I was like, okay, so this is something that I haven't seen other people do so much, mm. is bringing music and poetry together. So let me just see where this can take me. And then I just really liked it. So I was like, let me just <laughs> keep going with it. Because that'll be, I don't know, uh, emotionally rewarding. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I a few, not that much, but a couple of times I've done, yeah, like what I'd call poem songs. Poem songs. But... I didn't have an instrument, so I just did it a cappella. Oh no, God love me an a cappella. I love, I love an a cappella set. So, like, uh, I think the first time I saw that ever was at, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm name dropping on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Box In. I remember Box In with uh, uh, Sean Mahoney um, and Yomi Sode. And they had uh, Amira Leon come from New York and she was over doing a set there and she just blew me away she was she just was singing a cappella and then giving this like heartfelt brooklyn based <laughs> poetry but also like giving this really soulful singing it's so raw when it's a cappella mm. i love it i think it's so also like that instantly if someone's going to do something like a cappella, you instantly get my respect. Because that's like, that's hard to do. You have to hold a room with with what you're doing. And there's something so sweet and so soulful about hearing someone sing um, and give give you like poetic verses mm. in that. So love okay. that. I don't, need, I don't need to learn the ukulele. Great. No, you can just keep doing a cappella and I'll yeah. love it. I'll love it forever. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so I was wondering um, generally how you approach creating new work and if it's something that you're combining spoken word and music, um, is there something that comes first when creating it or is it kind of more fluid? Oh, um, yeah, okay. Uh, before, previously, like years before, I would focus more on the music first and then see how, it, but then it would uh, end up being more like the poem song. So a poem song to me is like, it's very much a song that you are speaking in, mm. right? That's how I, I, I would define it. But these days um, I'm trying to take a slightly different approach, like uh, have the words or the, even the meaning, the mood set first. What is it that I want to write about? Can I get that? intention down first and then have the words and then create music that matches the mood that I'm trying to make mm. if that that's a long-winded way <laughs> of saying it but um that's it's it's trying to do uh create musically something that matches what you've you've written lyrically that's how I'm I'm now trying to approach mm. it yeah <laughs> right. um so something that i noticed with your um work with 
music and song uh-huh. um is the potential for a kind of comedic element oh yeah and <laughs> so i kind of know from dipping my toe in cabaret Ooh, when i cabaret. <laughs> i just did like a, a course and it made it i thought like doing like spoken word poetry mm-hmm. was really freeing and then i did that and i was like yeah this is even oh hell more yeah. like there's yeah. no you know you're not boxed in anywhere mm-hmm, it's so mm-hmm. free mm-hmm. and um yeah like did like a sort of group performance on a course with the roundhouse, end up doing like a cartwheel. Oh my and god! Just, I love cartwheels. I still so can't just, cartwheel. Like, like that's I mean, amazing. Too. That's like gymnastics. Were my legs straight? I don't <laughs> know. But, you know, it was fun, and it just felt so free that I'm like, I'm speaking and mm-hmm. I'm moving and, and you're cartwheeling. Yes, yes. And then like I don't know elements of music in that too. It's so, like okay, cabaret. Oh God, love me some cabaret. So like I do, and my cabaret when I'm when I'm uh, describing my cabaret or when I'm uh, asked for a bio because mm. when you're asked for a poetry bio you're like oh okay let me just list like the the collectives I've been part of mm. the anthologies that I am published in a book that I have written like all those things mm. and you're like okay but when I'm asked for a cabaret bio I always list the kind of things that you can expect the elements that are part of it which for me, is very much... I'm like, okay, I love all these things. Let me just mesh them together. So it always has elements of spoken words, mm. uh, music, musical theatre. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love music, musical theatre. And having them together is perfect. Like, you can blend anything in that way. Uh, and you're right, it's so free. It's it's There is no area that you can't bring forward into something that you're creating. It's like you've got a complete blank canvas and you can just do whatever you want to make whatever point you want. Mm. And combining things is incredible. Like that, and I've seen some incredible work of that too. I think that also I was worried about when I first stepped into the cabaret world, I was what, 25? And I was worried that people would be like, oh, what's a poet doing here? Or, oh, Mm. it's just another musician that's, like, doing a thing. But spoken word is very much used in the cabaret scene. Like, there's a lot of spoken word poets that consider themselves, like, cabaret artists. Mm. Um, And that's cool. And they use uh, elements of music and uh, instruments as well, um, which is awesome. So I think, really, yeah, cabaret gave a real, real huge area that I could just dive into. I could do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted to do it, Mm. in whichever way. It was amazing. Mm. (laughs) So I was thinking kind of along with that, Mm. I I don't know, maybe it's because with my poetry, it tends to be more serious Uh and there might be like comedic elements, but generally it tends to be more serious. And I know there, you know, there are poets that are kind of more comedy, but do you think that... I don't know, do you think that there's any kind of way of using humour in these different art forms? Is there, like, a particular form that it seems more natural? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Okay, so for me, I love uh, utilising satire. <laughs> satire is really helpful, especially because, like, most of the stuff that I, um, that I talk about or that a point that I'm trying to get across is from the perspective of my life and my existence as like a queer, black, gender non-conforming 
person with complex mental health needs. Like that's mm. a weird summary, and I've I've seen it on paper that I've written <laughs> a lot, um, and it, it sounds strange, but that that's the reality of it. Mm. You know, that's uh, that's who I am, and a lot of those things and those subjects, especially now, are tender and sensitive areas, mm. and I've been told. Uh, by people that you you don't want to like alienate an audience by bringing something so serious that they they can't that like they reject it because it's 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 too much they don't want to handle it so it's almost like a trick with mm-hmm. satire it's like you you hook them and you bring them in and you're like okay this is this is funny this is my life and it's my experience and I'm gonna do it in a comedic way um, and I'm gonna take the piss out of something like structures that are around us that do not benefit me as mm. the queer black gender non-conforming person with mental health needs like it's actually quite dangerous for someone like me and it's quite disheartening but if I can draw attention to it using satire and comedy then I feel like I've already like hooked them in mm. and I'll I'll do that at the, the beginning of a thing use that to get people like comfortable oh it sounds so sinister like I'm disarming <laughs> them but like <laughs> draw them in and then be like ah everything's uh, actually really awful um, and turning it around and be like no this is a this is a serious point but by that point they're already on side because they've been laughing along with you mm. or like recognizing through humor that something's not okay mm. so i think there's a there's a huge space for that and especially if you can if you can link that with uh words and music mm. perfect yeah it works really well like i've i've turned uh very like middle-class white cisgendered audiences into having conversations that they maybe wouldn't normally Mm. um by using humor first to get them like almost relaxed about the fact that i'm talking about racism or Mm. like transphobia or i don't know pick one of the subjects Mm. right (laughs) at the moment yeah yeah i remember (laughs) that um Amanda Palmer actually in one of her songs (laughs) talking about how you know she just used a different key Mm -hmm. and made a song more humorous when actually the topic was not humorous and I think you know it was controversial but it's effective but it's effective it works right you have to sometimes um you know because we're all we're all aware of I think artists are really aware of it like that a lot of people are not willing to talk about certain subjects like would rather bury their heads in the sand mm. so you got to find ways of like getting people on side to listen to stuff i know like with with your poetry and stuff as well you have a very like gentle tone and a very like soft approach to things that are actually quite harrowing and quite difficult and mm. quite huge topics but the fact that you're you, you take that tone and that stance I think that in itself disarms an audience, right? Mm. Like it's it's that I'm not shouting at you. I'm just telling you a truth in in your like natural tone, which is quite gentle. Mm. Um, and that in itself is like a means to get people on side. Mm. But well, like day it works. It works. It's like you know, I mean, I know I've seen a lot of shouting poets <laughs> that are shouting points across. But there's something about like a um, a softer approach that can get people really listening. Uh, maybe it's the same with, with comedy on the flip side, is that, you know, a softer, like, oh, I'm not trying to just go in straight away with anger, but I am still making a valid point. Mm. 
And so it's like, yeah, almost tricking people. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. <laughs> but it works. Um, so something that I've been talking about on this podcast mm. is um, the way that music can kind of... Um, is very good at evoking an emotional response. Yeah. And that can also be hard to articulate. Mm -hmm. um, so I wondered if you think um, whether poetry and music differ in mm. the ways that we kind of express emotion and create those connections with audience or oh. yeah, readers and listeners. I think, I do, I do think it's easier with music to convey an emotion mm. um, and set a mood and a tone. I think it's harder for poets that if you're just you're just speaking, you're mm. speaking just words. Um, I think as well because as a society we've trained ourselves to um, consider listening to music as as an like we've normalised that. Mm. So it's it's easy for someone to be like, okay, I'm going to sing a sad song now. And people are like, yes, okay, that's completely normal. Whereas if someone's going to get up and be like, I'm going to give you a sad poem. Mm. <laughs> They almost have like a like an instant rejection of that. They're like, no, <laughs> I don't want to be spoken at about sadness. I would rather hear it melodically. Mm. I think that, I don't know. I think we've we've conditioned ourselves as a society in that way. Yeah, that's really interesting because it makes me think of K Tempest and mm -hmm. obviously their songs are really um, and poetry are really um, you know serious a lot of yeah. the time. But yeah. then they'll speak between. Yeah the the different pieces and create that humor again because yeah. it's kind of like when you're performing you you maybe need need that yeah, yeah to get absolutely okay yeah. is such a good is such a good example as well because i know that they've done like uh there's there's like famous viral clips now as well and they've been on tour with the band and they've been doing like these big emotional pieces where they're doing a spoken word over it. But then in the middle, they'll also then slip in like a really serious poem with no music. Mm. It's like it's it's like drawing the audience in, getting them interested in the musical side. And then once they're there, they're in like the palm of the hands. Mm. And just like, <laughs> like okay, now you're gonna listen to just a poem and it's gonna be amazing. And I feel like that's what's brought people on board so much with mm. Kate Tempest like stuff. Um and I think it's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's really smart. Um so I was wondering if there are you know, speaking spoken about a few different artists, are there any particular artists that work with music and poetry that you particularly admire and why? So K Tempest is, is definitely one, but there's a there's a band called Tongue, which is T U double N G, mm. um, and I knew them from like oh god when I was like sixteen I think I first heard their music and they had clips of like monologues from old movies and stuff mm. that they were underlying with this really atmospheric bizarre beautiful music, um, and in 2020. I think it was the end of 2020, they released a new album, uh, The Death Club, <laughs> which in itself is so poetic. Um, but they they were using incredibly like emotive music, guitar, piano, cello. Um, and then they had full spoken word, like to cover the entirety of several tracks, mm. which is they haven't done 
it in quite the same way but that is it was and they were talking about death and death as how we view it in society and how we manage it as individuals um and they're just such great poems there's different people doing these different poems on it um and that was i think it's incredible i really recommend it mm. <laughs> say that uh tongue the death club that's is particularly fantastic great um <laughs> So you also do illustration work. I and, do. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you have ever combined that with music and spoken word before, or is it something that you'd be interested in? Doing? I would love to. I don't, like, tech-wise, I'm not that good. I also don't have, like, the equipment for it. Mm. Like, I would love to learn illustration in terms of, like, animated mm. illustration and, and, and movement in that Um so far, I don't have the funding for it, but mm. <laughs> I would love I would love to introduce that um, as well because I've seen some beautiful things mm. um, be made, even with it's just like stop motion yeah. and like photography, yeah. where um, someone's saying a poem over it, but it's got certain words are being highlighted um, from newspaper cuttings or like um, stop motion of um, someone writing the words. It's just, it can be really, to have the visual as well is really beautiful. Mm. So that would be nice. Yeah, I would love to, mm. but so far, <laughs> no funding, but I'm working on it, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, so what are you working on at the moment? And generally like, yeah, what other ways do you see yourself working in the future? So I'm, uh, I've applied for a couple of things um, at the moment for some funding just so that I can focus on developing um, a show or a series of small shows where I can like scratch them, but I want them to be interactive. Um, most of the stuff that I make anyway, music or poetry is uh, based around um, mental health, but from the perspective of, again, a queer, black, gender non-conforming person. Um, and I'd love to 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 do a series of shows where I also can like have audience participation in their experiences um, of those things and like how the world views them because of their mental health like st status status status. Um, so that's that's what I'm I'm focusing on. I don't have the money or the time at the moment, but I'm really really trying to bring that together. But it will be like from the bringing elements of cabaret, poetry, music, musical theatre, and movement all together. Because I think combining those things is oh, again it sounds so sinister, but a good way of like tricking an audience. <laughs> into um immersing themselves or or understanding something that they maybe haven't because they can't experience your experience so adding the elements of like music which is so universal can bridge the gap mm. a little bit so that's my main that's my main idea um i'm also looking into trying to just make a lot of like backing tracks for some poems that I've I've been writing since 2019. I had my um, first collection with Burning Eye Books in 2019, and I've just written a lot of stuff since then, which I think is matured slightly, um, or I don't know, it's slightly darker. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be nice to then see if I could take that in a musical sort of direction. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that all sounds really <laughs> exciting. Thanks. Um, so <laughs> lastly, before we wrap up, yeah. um, I've seen that you have some tracks up on SoundCloud. Oh, um, yeah. With one of my favourites being the <laughs> SW Psy. Oh. Um, but what's the best way for listeners to follow your work and what you're up to now? Oh, so I'm. Uh, my stage name is Caroline Smiling, which is... <laughs> tragic optimism <laughs> I coined the, I've coined the term tragic optimism um, but I'm Caroline Smiling on SoundCloud on Facebook on Instagram when I'm on any cabaret stage I'm Caroline Smiling I'm Caroline Teague with poetry mm. but I tend to like even in sets and stuff be like oh I'm Caroline Smiling on stage don't worry about it <laughs> uh, so if you want to yeah if you want to find me just like Google Caroline Smiling I think is the mm. is the best way Great, thank you. Thanks so much Thanks, for Karina. this. deliberate pieces they split and spill so fast that I don't even need to shake off the residue my heart drums like the foot of a very small rabbit I chase things out of nightmares that leave me in five-day bouts of insomnia they beat in the back of my throat now maybe it isn't the sound of simple anxiety maybe it's something altogether more unholy than that suitable place that will have me. The hands that live on my shoulders keep my face forced to the pillows, the dead things gather underneath my sheets. Some days the bed really is the only place that will keep me. And I call traitor to the morning, part of me shamefully despairing that I keep waking up again at all. My hands burst into two, my heart is Everything is sharp. Even music will cut into my head and I will bleed from my ears as everything around me turns to white noise. I huff the poison from all of my bad thoughts. On days like this, everyone looks as if they have serrated edges. I bump into them on purpose and cradle the wounds like babies. These are days of no bandages. These are days of cracked clay. I lay my hate down on my unmade bed and make love to it until it stops making any noise. Muscles cut and disproved. I'm just no use. No 
disappearing altogether. Parts of me fall away, I am left a ribless torso. I bend and I curse and I dissolve and I wait for a time that my mind can piece itself back together in an order, in an order more livable than this one. I'm no good. 